How do you find and keep hope alive? I would never wish a drug addiction on anyone, but I'm telling you there are blessings and abundance along the way and let God guide you because he will. I will find hope in what Jesus Christ did for me. This is what hope sounds like. Today we are in my wheelhouse. Today we have a very, very important show today. And if you know someone or if you are in a family right now that is dealing with anyone you love who is in addiction, this is the podcast for you uh, to hear today. We have a very, very special guest. Uh, She is from Back on Track Addiction Ministry in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Martha Huggins. Hi. Happy to be here. (laughs) So Martha, tell us about yourself. I am a 17-year veteran of the war on drugs. Um, 17 years ago, we found out our son was addicted to drugs. It was very new. I certainly didn't understand it. Um, And I spent the next 10 years suffering in silence. I didn't know where to get help. I didn't know who to talk to. If you don't go through this, you don't understand it. It's, it's addiction is a very complicated, complicated thing. And I set out on a mission to understand it. Uh, I wanted to understand what causes addiction, what is addiction, what is happening to my beautiful son who turned into someone I didn't even recognize. So the past 10 years I have spent uh, in family support. I have taken what I've learned and I share it with others uh, in hopes that they don't have to suffer in silence and to introduce them to the hope that only God can give you and the healing that is possible through his love and power. Amen. Martha, you, you're talking about your son. Can you tell me how old he was when he, the, when he was going through the struggles? 20. He was 20 years old. And um, um, great, I mean, person inside out. Uh, he's a gifted guitar player, just a wonderful personality. But he became addicted, and he really didn't understand it either. And many times he wanted help, and help was really not so available then. Mm -hmm. It is just now becoming in the forefront. You know, we have 200 people a day dying in this country of addiction and overdose, and it is now the number one killer of people 50 and under, you know, we've got to step up. We've got to do something, but it is a family disease and families are suffering and they don't know what to do and they don't recognize this person. So we have to come together, you know, as Christians, you know, what does God say about this? How are we supposed to handle this? You know, as Christians, what, What does, you know, where is God in addiction? Well, I can tell you, he is there. 
and he is willing and able to show you what he can do. Yes. Um, and it's all, it's all right here, right? It's all, yes, it's it all is. right here in the Bible. And it's in, and, and God means what he says when, when he says, this is the answer to everything. And, and you are right as Christians, it's, it's, we have to stand up, you know, I'm 14 years clean. Thank you Amen. to the power and freedom of Jesus Christ. I wouldn't have been able to do it without him and with the programs that, uh, you know, I was in and, and still am to this day, 14 years later. Um, and you know, it, and we have to share our stories. Uh, we have to, as you know, as Christians, you as a Christian mom and, and me as a, as a Christian, uh, because of addiction, you know, the Lord saved me. We have to stand up and stop being afraid to talk about That's these right. things because Jesus didn't come for the healthy. Yeah. Stop the you shame. Stop yeah, the stop shame. the shame. Oh, girl, I feel like I just want to run around the room, but we don't have time <laughs> for that. So, <laughs> so let's talk about Martha. You know, we have to know what it is. And, and I think yes. that I know that you're, you're talking with some friends of mine whose kids are struggling and. And you just explaining to them what addiction is has helped them so much. So what are we dealing with? What, are, what, what is addiction? You know, there's a, the medical book will tell you for recovery to be successful, there has to be mental, physical, and spiritual all in alignment. Yeah. Um, First, I want to talk about the physical part. The physical part of addiction is very strong. Many addicts will tell you they're, they feel normal for the first time. They've struggled with things in their life um, that they don't understand why. It may be anxiety, depression, um, but those, they're like... Uh, little messengers in the brain and so when activated under a drug or alcohol the pleasure is, you know is is good really really good but what it does is it overrides the frontal part of the brain and this is where you make all your rational decisions so this is why addicts do ridiculous things while while breaking in, while stealing from their family members, their brain is telling them it's okay yeah. because, you know, of the overload of the frontal lobe. So there is very much a physical aspect. It becomes primal. It becomes, they want drugs above food, water, mm -hmm. shelter, a, mm -hmm. a job, a family. Yep. It becomes the primary primal instinct, and their Lord. it's it's you know it, it's it's a total body control, but the spiritual part is is it, it's you know we have to keep our focus um, on God at all times. Yeah. The spiritual side, it, it's like. We all have, we're born with this void that we want to fill. Yeah. You know, addicts are no different in that regard than we are. There's this hole, we try to fill it with our job, with our money. Uh, sometimes it's sexual satisfaction, um, all kinds of things. And we're searching, we're seeking God. Yes. And so their hole is, is 
big and wide and it is taking in the darkness when we need to bring God in to bring in the light in all of our to light up our souls um, I have seen so many addicts though recover when they find redemption yes. and love within the Holy yes. Spirit and Amen. what God has to offer them and the forgiveness you know it's it he does make you a new person. Okay, so let's let's help other people turn some grief and, and, and some hard times into glory with, with your 10 survival tips for loving an addict. And we are also going to have these in the show notes as well for you um, so that you can print them out because yes. these are so important and so true. So uh, take it away, Martha, with your 10 survival tips for loving an addict. Um, we compiled this uh, with family support members, uh, there is, get in family support if you have a loved one addiction. If you don't have family support group near you, start one. There are many, many people who need help, and no one understands this road unless you've yeah. been on it. And yeah. you need the help and support of community. And, and so this is what, you know, we put together. Um, number one, come face to face with reality. You've got to face up. This is addiction. Don't stay in denial. Uh, you know, it. you can't deny it after a certain point. There is a problem. Uh, let go of the shame that you may feel. And, and accept what you're dealing with. Uh, knowledge is key for your survival. Number two, this is really important. You cannot control or fix another person. You did not cause the addiction and you can't cure it. And you need to really understand that because it's really vital. Satan can do a number on us through shame and guilt. Did we not do something, you know, as a parent, as a mother? Was there something I did do or something I didn't do or something I should have done? It is not that. It is not any of that. So if you have that, let that go. Um, learn the serenity prayer. It's a perfect way to gauge any situation. And I'm just going to say it because just as many times as I hear it, it still is relevant and it is powerful. It's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. We certainly need wisdom in this war. Uh, once you grasp the concept of this, your life can once again become your own. And you don't have to be drowning in the chaos and the suffering. Discover how to love your addicted person and stay healthy. I can tell you as a mother, there's a t there were times I didn't want to get out of bed when I knew my son was actively using. I was so worried. I would get the phone call, you know, that he was dead. 
and this is a big fear that we all live with. This is another thing you have to learn to cope with in addiction is the fear. And I can tell you that comes from Satan because God says, I've, I've got it. I've got it. You've got to let him handle it for you. Another thing, uh, you have to distinguish between effective ways and ineffective ways to deal with your loved one in addiction. Um, the screaming, the yelling, that you you may as well be screaming and yelling to a wall if they're in active addiction. Mm. Because mm. they do not have their emotions are numbed. They they don't they don't think like you, they're not hearing you, they don't really care because all they're thinking about is to get the next fix. Amen. So, so true. You have to take your emotion out of it. And, mm. and realize what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a very physical and a very spiritual problem here. Mm. So, and until they're ready to get help and admit they have a problem, you can talk till you're blue in the face and it's not going to make a whole lot of difference. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you, the best place to fight this battle is in prayer. Amen. You know, you will not believe things are can change through prayer. And it, it is it's so very important. So fight your battle not with words and yelling and screaming and uh, trying to guilt them. Or it, it, it won't work. It just won't work. Trust me. Trust me. I tried it all. I tried it all. <laughs> yeah, girl. And I can tell ah, you, it so was good. not effective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, number four is interesting. Stop blaming the addict and become willing to look at yourself. Mm. Woo, that's tough. Yeah. Can you say that one more time, number four? Stop blaming the addict and become willing to look at yourself. Ouch. It's easy to blame the addict for all your suffering and all your struggles. It's like, well, if, if he would just get better, life would be fine again, this and that, this and that. No, no, no. There's more value in looking at what are you contributing to this situation. You know, are you making it better? Are you making it worse? Well, you can't necessarily make it better for your loved one until they're ready. But you do not have to suffer the struggles. You know, don't live with this shocking behavior. If they're trashing your home, if they're lying for you, if they're stealing, this bizarre behavior, you would not take that from a stranger. Don't take it from your family. Don't take it from your child. You know, you it's your home. You take control. You make the rules and you set the boundaries. And your yes has to be yes and your no has to be no. Mm. And yes. yes has to be yes and your no has to yes. be no. And, you know, they have got to learn that they cannot um, use you and abuse mm. you. Because they will. It yes. doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean that 
that person you love is not still there. They are. Yes. But when they're under the influence, they are a different person. And yeah. you have to deal with that person. Yeah. So you have to ask, who is in control of your life? Is it you mm. or is it their addiction? Ooh, girl. Yeah. Wait, who's in control? Is it you or the addiction? Yeah. You know, you if you want a healthy life, you've got to set boundaries. you yeah. got to say, I, I'm not living like this any longer. I'm not going to. So that's real important. You've got to take a long, long look uh, in the mirror. Number five is don't give in to the manipulation. Um, you know, become emotionally detached. That's very hard. Very hard when it's a child. But the attachment comes when you realize that you're not talking to the child that you know and love. Mm. Or the husband or the wife. This is the, the, the addict. This is what drugs are doing. So, number six. This one is a toughie. Uh, learn the difference in helping and enabling. Um, every time they say, I need 20 bucks for gas, I can tell you that $20 is going to go for drugs. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the physical part supersedes gas. Food, yeah. drink, anything. Yeah. So, yeah, it does. you know, this is enabling. You know, if you're paying the rent, you know, if if you're fixing their cars that have been wrecked, if they go to jail and you run down and immediately bail them out, mm -hmm. you're enabling. We, yeah. we call jail God's detox. <laughs> It's That's right. I remember at the at the uh, the the event that we did, um, uh, one of the attorneys was saying how parents are like, "No, keep them in jail. Yes. Let them detox yes. in jail." Yes. <laughs> what better way to sober up and think about how you got where you are than mm -hmm. to be in jail? Number seven. Are you addicted to your loved one's addiction? Mm. You got to be careful here. You know, um, God doesn't like idols put before him. You mm -hmm. can put your addictive loved one before God. You have to stay focused on God and let him take care because you are putting that loved one yeah. before him yeah. and his addiction and all the chaos that goes with it. And he does not want that. He doesn't. He, he, that's that's a big no-no so check yourself on that check yourself um, when they're ready to get help this is where you can help have a plan that if you get that phone call I, I'm ready I gotta go somewhere know where you're taking them know where you're going have that plan ready uh, number nine Change your attitude. Addicts feel unlost, unloved. Change your attitude. Yeah. The only thing you need to offer your addict is hope and love. Wow. And mm. But that also comes with discipline and it comes with boundaries. 
um, learn the process of surrendering your loved one over to God. This is paramount. This is the most important step that I ever took. This was the game changer for me. At one point, I realized I had done absolutely everything I could possibly do. And the only thing that could help my child was God. And I surrendered him. I laid him at the foot of the cross and I said, God, he's yours. He is yours. You gave him to me and I'm giving him back. And whatever happens on this journey, I give you the glory and I give you the praise. And I stepped back. I stopped enabling. Uh, surrender, it's a process because when there's relapse, you go right back into that mode of what can I do to help? How can I fix this? But I would step back. And every day I, I did a process of surrendering him. And, and I'm telling you, that's when things changed for me and it changed for him. I started seeing God working in his life. I knew God could be where I could not. I knew God had him. And I knew God was going to speak to him. And I knew that God would make a way. Now, whether or not he chose to take that way, it was between him and God. Thankfully, he did. Praise God. Praise God. And But I'm telling you, Surrender is the best thing. It's not easy, mamas. I can tell you it is not easy. But it is the pathway. This is what God wants on our journey. Yeah. Amen. And, 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 and Martha, I have to say that um, just for, for the family members, speak, coming from, from the addicted side, um, when you said, you know, surrender, uh, change your attitude, love them no matter what, but don't enable when I was in recovery, the difference between my dad, who who loved me through recovery, um, but set boundaries, and the person who yelled at me through recovery, it, the person who was yelling at me through recovery was pushing me back. In, right. I don't want to blame it on anybody. Hold on. Didn't help the situation, right? Because right? it's my choice. It's not their choice. I can't blame anyone as, you know. But my dad, who was willing to walk me through recovery and let me stay at his house with boundaries and loved me through it, he gave me permission to get better. Um, yes. And so I'll always be grateful for what my dad has done for me. I, I really want to say one other thing that is really important because this was something I learned. Um, and it was a big surprise for me in all this. It's the that God has a purpose for us in all this. We don't yes. go through this pain and suffering as families for nothing. And it changed my life. And it made me a more compassionate person. You know, and, and at some point God called me to help other people and family support. And I, I was... This was my purpose, you know, but it also, for all the things you go through, you know, it does make you who you are. Now, I would never wish uh, drug addiction on anyone, 
But I'm telling you, there are blessings and abundance along the way. God is going to show you himself more than you have ever seen him. You are going to grow closer. Your faith is going to get stronger. Your trust, it, it's just, it's an amazing journey that I am thankful to be where I am, uh, to be as close as I am to everything. I see joy, I see beauty, so much more than I ever have. So just realize that you have a purpose, you know, and it's good. You didn't want to be on this journey, but here you are. So embrace it and learn from it and grow from it and let God guide you because he will. He will. Amen. 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 Martha, thank you so much. And there's so much we could talk all day. Yes, um, absolutely. But you can reach Martha at Back on Track Addiction Ministry in Hendersonville. Um, I know that we're going to put all the information in the show notes. And there's so much more to cover. This is just the beginning. This is just the starting point. Because I know family members that are watching and listening right now, I know how much pain you're in. Martha and I, we know, we get it, we understand. It is not easy. No. But with fellowship and with God and with the right work to be done and with prayer, you prayer. can get through yes. this with your loved ones. Yes. And um, Martha, thank you so much. Well, do you, do you know why God uses people who are so broken? Why? That's how the light gets in. So more, the more broken you are, the more light gets in. <laughs> and that is what hope sounds like.